This is Perspective as a Motherfucker. Sit back, strap in, and relax. Cue transition. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Hope everyone's having a great week. It's been uh, very interesting with gas prices and uh, a lot of stuff going on in the world, but, you know, that can't be helped. Just another day in paradise. Uh, we have a great show for you guys today. I have a uh, someone that's uh, a lot more of a friend now than uh, an acquaintance when we first met. Uh, it seems like uh, where we were at is a night and day. Yeah. Thank you um, so much for having me on your on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, I've always I've always wanted to be on a podcast, and this is this is really cool. This is really cool. Thanks. Thanks. I've watched a lot of them. Uh, same here. I didn't really know the logistics, especially the video part, but you know, I have a very uh, great guy behind the camera. You know, helped me out. But um, this week's actually been pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, things are really progressing. Uh, I actually just got connected with a person that runs a podcast network. So nice. my goal from basically the next five to ten weeks to the rest of the year is have at least a guest or guests um, every single time I go and meet up with my, you know, I got behind the camera. Awesome. Um, if I got to go and do, you know, ones with me, myself and I, that's completely fine. But I... I always like having this, you know, conversation with someone you can bounce ideas off of. And as the uh, podcast name, Perspective is a Motherfucker, everybody has a different perspective in life. So Yes, that is true. It's, yeah. Life is mostly perspective. Yeah. And there's always a reason why people think the way they think. There is. It's a, it's a, it makes us different as, you know, people as our experiences that, you know, made us... You know, brought us to becoming the people that we are, you know, where we are in life. That's what makes our perspective and, you know, kind of what makes this all all unique. Which yeah. Is pretty cool. So, I mean, other than, you know, of course, you know, the whole, uh, you, know, you know, getting gas and things like that, I'm actually looking for a permanent, uh, someone that I can actually bounce ideas off of. Yeah. You got, it's good to have a, it's good to have a sounding board. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I had one before I uh, started doing the, uh, the video portion well you know i think that's what people like kind of get get confused with when it you know they talk of like mentors i think i think a lot of people have an idea of like getting a mentor in their head of like someone who's gonna one-on-one train you like mr miyagi style yeah and myself uh, like shape you into the person you know like they have a vision for who you want to be and i don't know where i've come because i thought about i thought about that a lot especially when i was first like getting started was like man I, you know, I just like I really want to find that mentor that one who's just gonna like see something special in me and like teach me and like you know take me under his wing and it's like you know that per- that person is unlikely to exist and it's unlikely that I would have I mean I don't have anything to offer that person unless I'm to work in their business yeah and you know my you know as an entrepreneur like I want to I want to have my own business. I don't exactly. want to work for somebody else. I'm so. not trying to build someone else's dream when I can build my own. Exactly. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. You can learn a lot, a lot, a lot from helping somebody else, you know, achieve yeah. their dream, especially if they're willing to teach you and train you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from like the, you know, when you're trying to, I think when you're trying to like carve out your own yeah. like niche, your own business, 
it's like you you're not gonna have that one person who you know takes you from where you where you are now to where you want to be for me it's been like a series of different people for different things you know um some people who are you know just you know they say a good mentor is 10x 10x you you don't want a mentor who's 100 times you like it's you know for you in the you know in the credit repair space it's like grant cardone it sounds great to have him as a mentor, but he's he's so much he's a hundred a hundred times ahead of you. Exactly. Where that's like he's going to give you advice on things that you know it's going to be higher level, but you may not be ready for. It you just want to be able to leverage it yeah. because, like, you know, he's going to tell you how to like you know leverage your you know million followers on YouTube and your you know core sales business. Where it's like you know that's great and probably good information, but you know can you you know how much of that is relevant, you know, that's where for me, I was, you know, to me, it's like the person I'm trying to have as a mentor, whether it's in my field of, um, you know, IT, um, or in another field, it is a lot to be learned from people in other fields. Um, and I think it's, I learned from a real estate, he was a real estate agent. Um, good, good friend of mine, really successful real estate agent in, my area, which is a smaller town, but, um, you know, one of the top couple percent, whatever realtors. And, you know, I didn't go to his office once, you know, for an hour every day or anything like that. I had a couple lunches with him and, you know, listening to him talk about how he manages relationships and, you know, even, you know, the whole, like, maybe there's not a house sale like here today, right now. But I'm still going to help this person to get them information that they're asking for. Exactly. Because may, one day when they are ready to actually buy a house, or maybe they buy a house from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, after I did that work, maybe their brother moves to town. Yeah. Maybe their grandma has to move. Yeah. They, I'm still on their list, and just you know that has what does real estate have to do with you know the real estate business have to do with the IT business? Not much, but. You know, we both have customers. We yeah. both manage it's relationships. Applicable. Even I would say, I've realized in just you know whether it's life insurance, credit repair, that timing is everything. And you have a lot of people that get into business and they want to like, you don't do business with me right now. It's on to the next. I coming from New Jersey to here, I had to kind of I had a harder approach. Not. Not not necessary was like I'd follow up with you two or three times if you wasn't okay off my contact list on to the next and I'm like okay like people were telling me because you know I was a bit rough around the edges in the beginning it was just you got to understand where you're at you have to adjust your approach and realizing you know now being almost five years into um, credit repair being th- pretty much three into life insurance that people will buy when it's time sometimes exactly. it's your time isn't always the time exactly i had it you're on their you're on their <clears> clock <throat> exactly i've had people that i've literally filed up with for a year sometimes two and all of a sudden they're like hey aaron i'm ready yeah i even had um i had a client of mine i helped with you know credit repair he got into an accident i talked to him about life insurance but again it wasn't things things like that i told him like hey like, luckily, he didn't have to get cut open, but he's in a little bit of pain. But mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, 
we're talking about life insurance now. It's like, yeah, if that would have taken it more seriously, exactly. If but you were the guy, you were the guy the whole time that talked to him and reached out to him. We're trying to give him information. Yeah. So when he thinks, am I going to go on Google and type in life insurance? He knows he's going to find a hundred companies that do life insurance. Yeah. But there's one face that he remembers that has to do with life insurance. And he's, you're the, you're that guy. Yeah. I had a, again, not a, not, you know, not a mentor, actually a customer of mine. Um, they were a contractor. I do, uh, I work a lot for contractors, nice. which are interesting people to work for because they're, you know, they, you know, they, they have that old school way of kind of doing business. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what he, what this, what this, uh, contractor told me is he said, you know, people want to look at selling as hunting and it's not as farming because you want to plant seeds. Yeah. And, you know, it's for him, he's like, yeah, you know, in the beginning when I was hungry and he was literally hungry when he started his business, like power getting shut off. When I was hungry, I was hunting and yeah. I, anything I could kill and I could eat that day, I would kill and I would eat that day. Yeah, I've been there. He goes, but now that I've been doing what I'm doing for so, you know, after, you know, after years and you yeah. know, I mean, I think his business had been around for maybe 15 years when I was yeah. talking to him. Okay. He's like, you know, you get called out to, and he's from where I'm from, Palm Coast. Okay. And, uh, you know, he said, you get called out to um, Holiday, Florida, and it's I, I, an hour and a half, two hour drive to get there. You pull in, you spend two hours with them, and they say, we'll call you. And then they don't. Mm. Because you can either look at that as a failure and a waste of time and a waste of money yeah. when you get there and realize that, that, you know, you walk in and they say, hey, we're not buying today. Yeah. You know? And you might get to, you know, the instinct, you know, the, if you're not thinking long term, it's, you get discouraged. Okay. Well, you know, don't waste too much time. Get out of there. Yeah. That's an opportunity to plant a seed. Yeah. You know, and you take that opportunity, you plant a seed and all those appointments that, you know, you feel like you wasted time with somebody or, you know, what did I do? I just had a two and a half hour lunch with that person and they're not going to use my services today. Yeah. Um, those are the seeds where when they come back, it's like, oh my goodness, like it feels easy. Like you forgot that you put that work in and now yeah. it's just, yeah. they liked you. They liked that you gave them the time and the information when some, yeah. maybe somebody else wouldn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, you know, that, that farming mentality is, um, you know, kind of a, a good, good way to, uh, to look at it. At least for me, that's yeah. been, been beneficial. Yeah, I actually had a uh, a, a situation that actually happened last week. Mm-hmm. I had a situation where I spoke to the lady early in the week. She told me she had a disabled son out in Fleming Island. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% of my business is online. I don't need to meet you in person to do what I need to do. But she had, again, she had a disabled son. And he, when I met him, because I actually met her at her house, I haven't met somebody at her their house in like two years really yeah i do yeah most of it's online okay. people see my Fair. reviews oh i guess covid did, did covid yeah, that yeah. and yeah. i'm forced to go into people's houses and businesses with what i do so yeah i mean it's not it's not optional no, for I mean, my line of work no i mean i understand when i had an office you know people would come to my office and mm. things like that but i got to the point where i'm like i've been doing this for almost four or five years i'm like i am the office i don't I don't need legitimacy. I am legitimacy. Mm-hmm. And that took time to even get that out. So long story short, I drive an hour to her house. Something I knew 
for a fact. All I need to see was the credit report, whatever the case may be. That would took me five minutes. She gave me all the information. She told me what she was trying to do. I'm like, yeah, you don't need credit repair. When someone, I tell people, I'm a pretty straight shooter on mm -hmm. how I do business. If you don't need my services, I'm going to tell you you don't need my services. They were trying to go and get a house in the next year. I'm like, yeah, you just need to go and get connected with a lender to go and get your credit ran. See exactly where you're at. You don't have anything financed. You just need to start building credit. Now, because I took the time out and did that, mm -hmm. I actually made a, a video on TikTok. Um, I created goodwill. And sure. it's something the way our most, again, there's a lot of credit repair companies that she reached out to and was like, yeah, they're either online, none of them wanted to meet. And I took the time out when, again, I got $20 for my trouble because mm -hmm. of gas. Because one of the things she asked me was, hey, um, do we owe you anything for a consultation? Like, nah, I just drove an hour out here. I just like some gas money. That's about it. Mm -hmm. went on about so she was way. happy to pay, pay it. Yeah, she was happy to pay it. Yeah. Yeah. And when she goes to buy a house, then I'll be able to, because I'm still licensed, a life insurance agent, I'll be able to sell a mortgage for that. Sure. So, and any of our family or things like that, like, those are things that I was very, I would say in the beginning of my business, like, hunt, hunt, kill, like, even when we first initially met, I'm going to be honest, because that's just my energy this year is... I connected with so many people, whether it's LinkedIn, in person. I'm going to be honest. How can I not necessarily use them, but how they're going to benefit me? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things where this year I looked at it. I got three separate emails, a thousand people on my phone. I'm like, I don't talk to any of these people. If I don't talk to you, like actually have a conversation with you or even know you, you don't need to be in my phone. So like I took... The time where I went through all of my contacts and contacts, I was like, hey, um, I connected with you a little while back. Um, the energy I'm on this year is I actually want to get to know people and see how I can help them. Because if I can help you, you're going to help me. It's just the, the words, the words for what you're talking about are relational versus transactional. Yeah. And I and I can be honest with myself. I was very very transactional for a very long time i was always in this survival mode i'll tell you i'm i kind of i kind of come at it from the opposite side of things where like i i suck at sales like i really i i hate feeling like i'm in a sale i hate the idea of closing i hate the idea of like you know un um what do you, you objections know, objections of like you know creating false urgency yeah deals set, like it all just feels like okay. i don't i don't like it i'm not i'm not the closer um. but it's for me so like that's never been an option to like okay. sell close eat it's oh, like I, that's definitely been very i wouldn't say uh difficult sometimes it's been really easy like i'll um I'll show you when we get off of this, but I used to have automated messages. Like I would create it to be like, Hey, good afternoon. This is Aaron with AM credit repair. This is an automated message. We have five spots left for our spring enrollment until mm. it's ending. I'm talking about, it looks like an automated message. Mm -hmm. Cause I just came up with one day that has gotten people to like move their, move their ass. Like, because I was like, plus like, like text reply. Or or tech stop or 
or something like that to where it looks like a automated message. When no, I literally sat down there just because I'm. I've had people say, "Hey, you know, um, you know, is the spot available?" It's like, yeah, is the spot available all the time. I'm just, <laughs> but if ten fill up, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna find an eleventh chair for you. Exactly. <laughs> so it's one of the things I wouldn't necessarily say I'm proud of that, but it's just like bills need to be paid. You gotta sure. do what you gotta hey. do, and it's something where a lot of people they just some people just they don't want to move unless they absolutely have to move. My my problem is I'm just I'm just too when it comes to sales like that I'm just too agreeable. Like if you tell me you don't need this, and and I think you're I think you might be right. You know, I don't I don't I don't really push so for for me because I'm in I'm in. Um, what I do, I, yeah. IT technology. Okay. There are certain things where I am doing my customer a major disservice if I don't push. Yeah. If they tell me, you know, oh, you know, I don't need to back up my QuickBooks file. Uh, that you do. It's <laughs> like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm not disagreeing with you because I, I want to, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to get money right now, but you, with me or without me. Back up that QuickBooks file because that computer goes, you're in a world of trouble. Yeah. So it's like that, that's where like I, you know, I can be, I, I can be a little bit disagreeable when it comes to like the whole like closing right now. Yeah. It's I mean, just not my, my not my, my specialty. thing is, uh, well, because I've been just doing it for a long time. Like I'm talking about all types of different sales. Like I've done Cutco. I've done mobile windshield repair. I've done mm. door to door. Oh, you got a lot of you got so, a lot of practice. Then. Yeah, a lot of practice, different products, services. Like I used to use indifference a lot because it's like, yeah, um, you can either get this done or you, you don't. Especially with what I do now, I'm very just straight into the point where it's like, hey, um, this is what you need to do. Like you're trying to get a house. Um, the more you delay the longer you're going to take this process. Mm -hmm. Like most of, most of my clients are either programmed within 60 to 90 days. You need to score at a certain time. The home buying process is going to take 60 to 90 days anyway from start to sometimes finish. Mm -hmm. So it's good to start now instead of waiting. And my thing about it is it's, I'm at the point where I've been doing this for so long. My prices don't go up. My prices don't go down. If you're going to not take, um, if you're not going to use my services because you found somebody for $20, $30 cheaper, that's fine. I don't. That's not business. You, that's not long-term business. I don't, you really, I don't really want, want. I don't want that type of business where, I well, mean. Here's, here's the thing. If they're going to say no to you and they're going to skip out on you over $20 or $30. I don't want you. Well, what do you think is going to happen when somebody, once they're with you and then somebody else offers them 20 or $30 less? Yeah, exactly. Cause I, I, exactly. I, I don't, I've made a point that I, I don't compete on price. No, nah, I, of course, like when you're, when you're young and when you're young in business, cause I mean, I remember when I was starting out, I didn't even know what I should even charge. You see all the prices around you, you, you get to a point where, uh, you know, when I was really big into Gary Vee, I don't really watch a lot of his content anymore. I'm I like, like Gary Vee. Keep going up. I didn't the... like him at first, and I like him. I like him now. Well, I'm I'm from, well, I'm from the north, so that's why I, like I am him. too. I like, uh, 
You are? Yeah. You didn't what? know that? No. I know from? I look like I've been here my whole life yeah. with, the, with the hair. <laughs> Bro, but... When I met you, like, definitely looked like Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely looked like Sunshine from Remember the Tides. I was like... <laughs> you know, I, I'm not from... Like, I'm not, I wasn't born... In, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, you're a Yenzer. I'm a Yenzer. I used to live... I'm in... now a y'all... I'm a y'aller. Okay. Yeah. I've hey. been... In, I've been... Uh, I've been indoctrinated. Yeah. Um, I used to live in Pittsburgh for a couple years. Did back you really? in my early 20s. Uh, Whereabouts? I lived in... Um, I lived in Carnegie. Car- okay. I, lived I, in, yeah, I, I know lived, Carnegie. Yeah, I lived in Carnegie. Um, nice area. Yeah. Uh, I lived in Dormont. Dormont? I, uh, that's where I... Dormont... It's uh, it's the park and go. It has that place that was on diners, drive-ins, and dives, banging ass breakfast place. Yeah, it's like it's like a little corner place. It's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I I know Dormont. Um, I've been there. Your name of places that I've actually yeah, been. Uh, I miss Permanis. Permanis oh. is really good. Yeah, oh. I I think there is a Permanis in Florida. Probably it's they're probably so not. good. If for anybody watching who doesn't know what Permanis is, <laughs> it's uh, they do take it's from, you know Pitts. I, I believe it's Pittsburgh because there's a lot of them there. Yeah. If it's not Pittsburgh, I'm pretty disgusted. I can, th- I can throw a rock and hit Permanis anywhere in the city. <laughs> they made they started making the sandwich for truckers, and it's two pieces of um oh oh I used to know the name of the is bread it? company, but two big pieces of Italian bread, and then in between um they would take either like Capricola or. I always get mine with hot sausage or some kind. Yeah. It's a hot sausage. Yeah. Some kind of a, you know, cooked meat and they got different options. Some burger, corned beef, all sorts of different things. Yeah. And then they put coleslaw and french fries and tomato yeah. on the sandwich and cheese, of course. And so they gave it to the truck drivers because truck driver, you get your whole meal, yeah, on the, the side, the french fries, the coleslaw, all in one yeah. sandwich. And oh my God, are they good. Yeah. I haven't been... I haven't been to Pittsburgh since like 2014, 2015. Yeah. I'm sure it's changed. Uh, That's when I, I moved. I moved in 16. Um, I know when I left. You remember when? When? That club right across the right across the street from the T station? Uh, you remember Levels? I remember hearing of Carson. Levels. Car- I, East Carson Street for oh sure. Oh my God. For uh, sure. Nothing but restaurants, tattoo parlors, and clubs. I think the funniest thing was when I used to go out. I I I was there when like Rack City came out, Rack, the motto, uh, like when like Drake was like when he first came out, the, the classic, the classic. Golly, I like yeah. I mean, I was rolling with like people that were like eight, nine years old. How uh, so? How old were you when you were in Pittsburgh? Twenty. When- 20, okay. I turned 20 in Pittsburgh. Well, you turned 20, I turned 20 in, in 2014. So you're, no, no, no. This was 2010. This is 2010. Yeah. You were born in 90. 91. 91. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I turned 20 September and then I couldn't really do... I, I ended up getting a fake ID. And then yeah. <laughs> I ended up was like running around until that got taken. And then... Uh, I'm, I'm 25. Okay. Okay. So imagine this. This minus... Uh, what? Seven years? Yeah. I didn't matter how fake my ID was. I wasn't getting served nowhere for nothing. What brought you to Pittsburgh of all places? Um, I used to work for a windshield repair company. Yeah. So I used to do a lot of, I guess, early network marketing, 
sales stuff. Um, I work for Chipio. It's called Chipio Winthrop. You got the job in New Jersey and it took you to Pittsburgh? Yeah. They were expanding. They were expanding in there. Uh, there was a guy out in uh, Norristown in, in PA that he was a little rough around the edges, kind of like, you know, kind of like me. So we went out there, you know, uh, things were not set up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a shit show. I was just hard headed and I was young and I was like, I'll figure this shit out. Um, was the there, best attitude. Exactly. Was there for about a year. Then they opened up the military base program. So they were in all the military bases across the country, like in Norfolk, probably up here. Mm-hmm. Um, Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. That was my first introduction to the South. Monkey Town, the Gump, apparently. Um, I was there for about another year. I went back home for a couple months just to kind of take a break. And back to New Jersey. Back to New Jersey. How long were you in Pittsburgh for? Two years, you said? I was I was there for a year. One year in the Pittsburgh. The first time. Yeah. 2010, for, one year in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Back home, 2011 for a little bit, then back to Pittsburgh? Yeah. I was a, I was a very hard-headed individual. Mm. Um, a little easily swayed. One of the guys... Were you I, moving out there by yourself? Just following the job by yourself? Was anybody job. coming with you? No. I was by myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was... I didn't have any kids or, you know, no responsibilities. Yeah. You know, I had... Family. Is your family still in New Jersey? All my most of my family's in New Jersey. They're in the tri-state. So my sisters are out, and one sister has a kid out in Delaware, Wilmington. The other sister, which they're twins, uh, she's out in uh, Philadelphia. My brother, he's in uh, New Jersey. My oldest sister, which has four kids, she's out in New Jersey. All over. So yeah, um, I don't even know how this guy convinced me. His name is Nolan. Because um, he's, he's he's working for the sales company. I was at a sell. Um, That's how he convinced you. I was sitting on my buddy's couch because I was like, I was kind of just, I was burnt out. And you're just like, you're just going to sit on your buddy's couch and like not do anything. This is you getting into windshields. No, this is the second time I went to Pittsburgh. This is getting back into windshields to go back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. This guy, like, I was, I was just, I was, I was a creep. I was, a, I was a bad man back then. I just didn't give a fuck. He literally talked talk, talk to me on the phone. I'm like, hey, I'm coming to pick you up. We're going back to Pittsburgh. We're going to do this. We're going to, no, no, we're going to run this back. My buddy was like, you just got here. Like, I was staying with a buddy and my best friend at the time. I know since I was 10, mm-hmm. staying at his house. He's just like, dude, you just got back like a week ago. You're really about to go back out there? I'm like, yep. He was just like, I really packed up my stuff the night before and left. And I stayed out there for another year. The second the second time was one of those things I shouldn't have went out there the second time. But you're young, dumb, things like that. At that point, I was 21. So I could actually legally drink. Uh, legally drink. Legally drink. Um, <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. Uh, at that point, I had a lot of unfortunate things happen to me and my mm. family. So mm. um started making man. My great grandmother, which was my grandmother's mother, like basically was rolling around with her when I was younger. She ended up passing away St. Patty's Day my senior year in two thousand nine. Oh. That was the first one. Second one was my Sorry. my grandmother. Oh. She raised me. She passed away Mother's Mother's Day of twenty ten. That your was grandma, my first year of college. That was the second one. 
about a month after I went out to Pittsburgh, my mother was murdered. Uh, yeah, and that was in 2011. Now, her brother, my uncle, he buried her in November, literally a month later. A month later, on New Year's, on New Year's Eve, like literally some shit out of a movie. He was in a barbershop getting his hair cut. Somebody comes in there while he's in the barber chair, shoots him in the leg, and shoots him in the head. That was four. And then the last one was my father. He died from pancreatic cancer. Holy shit, dude. In 2014. So it was like a good like three-year gap. And then, unfortunately, he drank since he was like 12. Now... The grandmother that passed away, she died from pancreatic cancer, but she was she smoked since she was 14. So I got to see my grandmother and my dad basically decay in the former shells, former yeah, like no, shells no. of their former selves. Jesus, dude. So it was a rough period. Now, I didn't used to drink like my dad was a he was a he was an alcoholic. My mother was a drug addict. Like made, I should it be, made it look bad. I should be like a statistic, whatever. Like little, like giving us sips of beer, things like that when we were kids. It was just like I saw all this growing up, so I was like, never. My mom died. Have you ever watched the show Vampire Diaries? Okay. They have a thing on there with the vampires, like when they go through a whole bunch of pain or they don't want to feel anything. They have a humanity switch. They turn it off. Mm-hmm. It's like ultimate indifference. Okay. They still feel pain, but it's like, I don't care. So it's like very broody, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, once they feel their emotions, they turn it back on. It's whatever else. I turned it off for a long time. Like, all of my friends were drinking since they were like, drinking and smoking since they were like 16, 17. I smoked a little drink here and there. Not anything crazy. After my mom died, it came back for the summer. So, like, uh, this was 2012. When I met up with my friends, I caught up to them um, with drinking. Uh, I drank a lot where um, I was, uh, I wouldn't say I was, I was a borderline alcoholic. I wasn't old. I wasn't an alcoholic. I didn't go like crazy things like that. Like I put on a couple sad songs, like um, uh, "Dear Mama" by Tupac. Oh, man, Jeez. Um, uh, "Mama," "Mom," "Mama" by like Boys to Men. A couple other songs, whatever. Marvin's Room. I wish by R. Kelly. No, not I wish. Um, really? Not I wish. But there was a couple songs, like literally, and I would drink. I, again, nobody really taught me how to drink. And of course, my, uh, the guy that was under me, he was a little bit older than me. He, he drank. So he kind of, he, he was like, I got you, whatever. This was a time where I couldn't get any alcohol or whatever when I was 20. So like, Bacardi and Coke was my, my go to. Mm-hmm. And I used to make a one hitter cup. You know what a one hitter cup is? I, I'm going to guess it's a, it's a lot of Bacardi and enough Coke to get it down. Splash. Okay. So you drink one, like, two, three, and then you just feel that that wash, that like that 
warmth like envelops you and then like even after that uh like after my my dad passed away mom was in 2012 she was in 2011 she was a month after she was a month after i moved to pittsburgh holy shit dude yeah that's a freaking that's that's a terrible terrible little string man that's life things happen you understand you comprehend you move accordingly what what I'm always interested when I hear people with like stories like that, which for somebody who's never been through would just be absolutely reality, spirit, everything crushing. So how, what, what, what took you, cause you have every excuse from that story. You have every excuse to be a a, a bum and a drunk. And let me tell you uh, something before you continue. That's not even like, that's not even like top five in my life. That was just a string. Like I've had personal things. Um, not to go too much in detail. Sure, sure, like, sure. I've been through things that most people don't come out whole as a person. You become broken inside. You die. It is what it is. What's the what's the what's the what's the force that has turned you into the. Aaron Streeter, who sits in front of me, who has a business, who hustles, who has a podcast, um, who has social media, who's kicking ass, who's who's creating an awesome life for themselves. What? How do you get from for maybe for, maybe for somebody else who's listening, who's been who's going through absolute just just garbage garbage hands of um, being dealt by life right now. I'm, what what's the what? Okay. What do you, what do you um, think? It wasn't easy. Um, I fought for every single thing I've ever had in life. Everything I've ever had worth of anything I've had to get on my own. Had no choice. Even when my father was alive, I was, me and my older sister, we are, what he didn't like about us, we were very independent to where, again, even my friends to this day, I'm just starting to get around to asking for help. I'd rather bite my own hand off than ask for help. If I had to go and wait a week to get something instead of getting it right now, like, there was times where, I'm in New Jersey, where, I think I, like, I asked my asked my dad to go and uh, give me a ride to work. And for whatever reason, he wouldn't give me a ride to work, so I walked. I think I got out the car one time and just walked, like, I don't need you. I asked you for help. You don't want to act. Like, you don't want to give it to me, that's fine. I'll never ask you again ever in life. And that's the, some, that's the thing that he, and I look like it. How old were you when you first got out of the car and walked to work? I was like 19. I got my first car under pay for insurance, everything like that. And of course, it's like anything else. People want to have power over you and things like that. I got a lot of $500,000, $700,000 cars, whatever the case may be. The car out there is like the first one I had, which is quality. Like before that, my youngest car was a 2002 Saturn L300. My 2016 is the youngest car I've ever had in my life. But. Um, now the only thing I would say drawback of having the life that I have, people try to position you as the shining light, the hope. I'm like, my friend, for instance, known him since he was, since we're 10 for 20 years. It's that if you can do it, anybody can do it. No, I just learned how to channel it. That was hard. Even we've had conversations to where he told me I was there but I wasn't like I'd work like I was 
I've done every job under the sun. I was doing landscaping with him and his other buddy, things like that. And like, I drink a, a bottle of liquor a night, get up. I'm talking about get up at six o'clock in the morning. And he'd be like, you're alive. How? And just go to work because it was mindless. And then do it all over again. And that was something that we had to have. He didn't mean we had a conversation. But it was one of the things where I think I had a bottle like E&J or something. He was like, dude, I got to dump it out. What's that? E&J. It's brandy. Ah. Very cheap. It sounds but like it. It's very cheap. Yeah. And I, I he poured it out and I wasn't even mad. Because I was like, I don't want you to kill yourself. I was like, okay. I understand. If this wasn't been, but my other buddy, which he's been a damn near borderline alcoholic since he was 16, then they would have been fighting. I was like, no, I understand why you did it. I'm still going to miss that brandy. <laughs> but I understand why you did it. And when you go through a lot of things in life and you got to use this example. If I told you the beginning of my story, you'd be shocked. If I told you half of my story, you put your hand on my, on my back. If I told you my entire story, you'd cry and you, you hug me. It's life. Bad thing. People die every day. Um, there's a quote, paid in full. Uh, there's a scene where a buggy he ended up they end up running, robbing him, shooting him up, and Rico's sitting there like, "Hey, niggas die every day, B. You be all right. You tough, nigga. You tough. It just be like that." And there's a lot of people that even I've had friends that haven't went through half of the things in my life, and I'm like, "You let this let you crumble." I'm like, "You wouldn't have been able. You would have unfortunately unalived yourself. You would have." Like, I had every reason to, like, be angry. Like, probably, was it five or six months after my father passed away, the trial for my mother's boyfriend. Oh. So, unfortunately, I didn't know the... It was her boyfriend? It was her boyfriend. I didn't know the whole story. So, basically, he stabbed her, left her to die alone and afraid on her uh, kitchen floor. So I had to, of course, I was in the courtroom. My brother was there, everything like that. How old's your brother? Uh, my brother now is 28. He is three years younger than you. Three years younger than me. So How old is he? Do you uh, have any other brothers and sisters? No. I have a brother. I have an older sister, and I have two twin sisters. They're twins. We're, none of us are twins, but them. But, yeah. So wait, wait, so your big brother or the twin sisters or big sisters? No. My... My so two twin sisters, two twin sisters, are the they're younger, they're younger than me. I'm the oldest of four, and then the fifth one is older than me. The sister that has four kids, you have one sister who's older than you that has four kids. Every, every, all the other ones are younger than me. So, I'm the one second. sister that has how much older is you than she? Uh, are you like, t- like a year? She's a year older than you, yeah. They're 29, then you, they're then twi- th- yeah. They're 29, yeah, they're, three years younger than you is your brother, yeah. Then bottom is. Two twin sisters. No, they're older than him. Two he's twin sisters than your brother. He's yeah, he's the youngest. Okay. So unfortunately, when so you you're, have, you're you're big brother through all this, pretty much. So you can't. Um, of course, he said his sorries or things like that. I I don't even like saying this, but when it who did, said who said sorry? Your brother? Or no, your boyfriend. The boyfriend. Of course, he was going to say what he was going to say. His 
This is in court. This is in court. This is like three. This is like three years after the fact. And when his mother found out, he jumped out the window of the car and hid in the woods. They found him, of course. Um, but like, I wanted, I wanted to put him on a kill table and do things to you wouldn't do to an animal. That was a. I can't even. Im- but I can't even imagine. At the end of the day. What's done is done. Is he doing? Is he doing twenty five to life right now? Yeah. Now, my sisters might not like this, but I'm gonna say this out loud. There is gonna come a time. It might not be right now. It might not be in five years. But if he's still alive, I'm gonna have to go to that place and say I forgive you. Not right now in my life, but that's just. I can't hold that against you forever. Do I don't. Do I want you dead? Of course. You killed my mom. That's just... That is what it is. But, again... Uh, and then, of course, you can't talk to him directly. You have to look at this. I'm like, you you left my mom alone to die on her floor. You deserve to not see the light of day. Or you deserve to die. But that's just how I feel. You're a coward. I think that'll be like an incredibly freeing experience whenever you can get to the point that you can, the fact that you can even set that as like a goal or like not mm-hmm. even a goal but like a something that you that you need to do like the the yeah. so the th- yeah but the thing what people don't understand is because before I even mentioned or talked about any of this would you have thought that's what how my life was heck no you such a like cheery happy person that's why that's why that's why i asked the question of how did you go from like what sounds like maybe even just the tip of the iceberg of darkness <laughs> that that string of five years you told me about without going into the rest of the bottom um, underneath the ocean how, how can you describe that translates into like who you are now well the reason i didn't is because like that's that's what that's what they want that's what people want you to do like I have friends that have never been through any of the things that I've been and I've never been I've never like played the my life is worse than your I always win that's not the point it's to understand that, like life is gonna happen people die every day people get this we're not promised to live in this world there's one thing we're promised is death there's a lot of people that don't want to understand this either doesn't matter where you go, even when we're shooting this podcast and we're doing something which is relaxed. Somebody's getting murdered, raped, tortured, all these, every day. It's never going to stop. The only thing you want in a certain area is not for it to go up. But it's going to happen. People are going to get caught slipping. It's just what it is. And a lot of people don't like that. I'm just a realist. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, you know, you have friends that are like, you've been through a lot. And I'm like, you don't really think about it because it's like, eh, I guess. <sighs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't really think about it, really. A lot of the times, like, it doesn't keep me up at night or things like that. And again, I've had other, I've had things personally done to me where, again, like, other than, like, this, that I have every reason to be angry at the world and to basically really, like, do damage. But it's like, why? What does that help? Exactly. How does that... How does that... 
I think that's the whole like you know people. I, I one, one. It's not a quote I necessarily like, but I I think it's like super accurate. Is like hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Someone uh, said something about uh, why does the devil torture you know the people that are in hell? Like should he solve us? No, because hurt people hurt people. If you know how the story goes, he was jealous of mankind because they God let mankind mess up when angels had to angels did it and he rebelled one time he lost everything so it's like okay if you if you're gonna call me an animal and a savage I'm going to be the worst animal and savage you've ever seen in life I guess there's one quote that I really I guess we kind of last bit of like kind of transitioning here is who said it? I know it's a rapper. Of course, the worst, the 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 best, the best revenge. And I'm misquoting it because he said it and it rhymed and it sounded really good. <laughs> and cool, but like the best revenge you can get on someone who did you wrong is just living well. Yeah, like that's all you can. Do. You know, living your life, doing your thing. Yeah, you know. Okay. But um, I know we're about to get out of here soon. But um, you know. I've, I don't like talking about me, to be honest. I'm sorry, dude. Nah. That you just you got me. That was that was crazy. I wasn't expecting nah, that. I was I was waiting for the, like the how you got to Florida story, but damn, bro. Yeah. I yeah. I. It's not something I like to like because it doesn't matter. Like, this it does, happen. Though. I mean, it does to a degree, but it's like okay, what is that? Well, the reason I say it matters is because. Somebody might be listening to you talk who thinks they're going through some shit right now. I might be going through some shit right now. And for them to know that there's life on the other side of that, to know that like you can get through, I, I, it is minuscule compared to what you just told me. I, I, I hate that I'm even going to say this, but it's just, it, it, my, uh, I have had, dude, I'm sorry, you know, it all mean to diminish what you told me. This is just one aspect of how I can relate to it. Recently, a, a, my, my one dog passed away. I had one dog. And it was the first time I really felt like loss, like so close to me. And I just remember like feeling like it was coming and watching him get sick. And like, you know, I was just so scared and like afraid that he was like, you know, I'm going to lose him. And then like i just didn't see going into it and out like right after he died i just didn't see a path where like i could i could like be okay yeah and like that time came that like i was like okay like i'm not it's i I don't you know it's not weighing me down like i can go go live my life again and like do my thing and you know and I like I said I know that's so insignificant compared to really. losing your parents but um like that's what I'm saying is like I mean, you attachments know attachments are everything whether we want it or not like I have a dog now did not plan if that dog dies right now it's it's gonna hurt yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna be something I'm gonna be this like I love this dog and yeah not expected, but it was the best decision I ever made. He's a pain in the ass, and he's <laughs> he's a terror, but he's mine. Sounds like he's forcing you to get some exercise too. That is, that is. What what I guess what I'm saying, and just to wrap up on that topic, is like yeah. you know that's you know you, you can, you know you can be that, like 
kind of beacon of hope for somebody who's you know maybe feeling some of the pain that you did and like that I think that's a beautiful beautiful thing is that you can you know maybe help somebody out like I think the point of life like the goal of life is to like eliminate suffering eliminate suffering for others that you yourself have felt like in the past exactly like I don't want people to feel how I feel that's you don't again most people are not going to come out whole as a person after you go They can't. I feel changed just listening to you talk for uh, the tip of the iceberg. Okay. For I hope minutes. it's for the better, not the... No, it's, not, hey. it's whole doom and gloom. No, no, no. It's it's beautiful to me that you're just like, living your life and have gotten past it. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, I, thank you for sharing that with me. No, thank you. I, uh, yeah. No, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, there's just... um. Yeah, because we're about to get out of here. And you have a few standard questions for me before we um, wrap up? Dude, I'm just going to ask one. All right. Very simple. If you could ask your younger self, um, if you could tell your your younger self one thing that would have caused you less pain and less drama, what would that be? It gets better. That it does? Like, in, it, I'll, I'll take one, two minutes and expand on that. But like they, you know, and there was, that was a campaign they did at the time. Um, I, I remember. remember it was, it was older gay people, you yeah. know, recording themselves telling younger gay people that like life gets better after school. Yeah. I am, I am not gay, Yeah. but that message of like life gets better after, like after school, I had just such a rough time, not, you know, not in the same realm of which which you were going through, but I had a very rough time getting through um, high school and, and, you know, middle school. I just hated school thoroughly the whole time. And, like, I just wanted to work. The whole time, I just wanted to work. I wanted to work. I wanted to work. And it seemed like that was just, like, not the cool thing. That was not the... I always, always had a hustle. I was always making some money, selling energy drinks, selling packs of gum, fixing cell phones. Like, I'd never have, not once in my life, not had my hand, you know, busy... And, um, like, it just felt like a, like a loser and lame back then. And just to hear from myself now, not even that far into the future, only, you know, 10 years into the future, um, that like, you get to be whoever you want. You get to grow your hair. You get to listen to whatever music you get to wear, whatever clothes you get to associate with whoever you want to associate with. And there's not like a panel of people like, you know. Judging or criticizing you, that would be exactly. that would be uh, high school or school in general is not the end all be all. If you're just yourself, life will always be easier instead of you trying to pretend to be somebody you're not. And that's what I would tell my because I didn't realize that then. Same here. We're getting a signal. I think we're out of battery. Thank exactly. you so much for having me. Okay. I will do this again anytime. All I right. really appreciate it. This is awesome. Okay. With that being said, guys, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>